Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Art Matthews is a singer that I saw at the Park Life Festival and the Johnny Clegg tribute concert in 2022. I loved his music. I've always loved Just Ginger's music and his voice. I thought, cool, another artist I'd love to interview for my podcast. So... After one of the concerts, I approached him and asked him if he would be agreeable to be interviewed for the podcast, and he said, cool. So we swapped numbers, and we organized the interview. Over the course of the last decade and a half, well-known singer and songwriter Art has been honing his craft and moving people the world over. As the frontman of South African band Just Ginger, his indelible lyrics and melody arrangements led the way to the incredible success of their debut album, All Comes Around becoming one of the biggest selling rock genre albums of all time in their native country, South Africa, achieving double platinum status in its first year, with the follow-up album Something For Now reaching the same status a year later. Just Ginger have shared the stage with many iconic local and international artists on many stages across the world, most notably at the Nelson Mandela 46664 concert, Johannesburg in 2009, where they performed with the likes of the Goo Goo Dolls, Annie Lennox, Razorlight, Ludacris, Corrine Bailey Ray, Peter Gabriel, Live and Angelique Kidjo. They have also performed support duties and shared the bill with many international stars such as U2, Counting Crows, Def Leppard, In Excess, Maroon 5, One Republic, Hootie and the Blowfish, The Strokes and many more. On their own, Just Ginger have performed many sold-out arena shows across South Africa. Please note that I recorded this interview with Art in December 2022, just before he is about to embark on his Cape to Rio race. I pushed out the release of the interview to when he returned from his journey. Up next on Celeb Savant, we've got Art Matthews. Where do we find you in the world? What's happening in your life and how are you doing? <laughs> I'm glad we finally managed to figure this out. I'm in uh I'm in Cape Town and it's just it is I mean everyone says silly season but it it, it truly is and uh it's the worst time to be doing the last last minute prep for what I'm about to t- attempt to do. Um so yeah, Cape Town Hot Bay and just going completely crazy with the, all the Cape to Rio prep that I'm busy working with. We leave the 2nd of January so we have very little time left and um i am probably panicking a little bit at the moment what are you doing from the 2nd of january uh, i entered the cape to rio sailing race um, oh okay uh, so i entered that in J- july already and i've been working extensively to prepare for it one of the big things being apart from the work on the boat and trying to get sponsorship and all these things is also upgrading my my skipper's ticket to offshore yacht master and yeah we leave on the 2nd of january seven seven of us a motley crew non-stop straight to Rio and it's uh, I've never done a crossing before so it's it's I've bitten off quite a bit but I'm, I'm not one to do I, I do deep end stuff by the by the looks of things <laughs> and how long will that take about we're hoping for 20 days but it could be 25 and the cutoff is we have till the 2nd of February so uh, we have a month to do it and then do you sell back afterwards yeah it wasn't actually originally the plan but you know we just have the I've got the best berth at the VNA. Uh, at the waterfront right outside the Victoria Alfred Hotel. And I still have that lease for another two years. So I was just, uh, I think the new the new thinking is to get back home, you know, take stock of that epic trip. But the trip home is a thousand times more difficult than going to Rio because you have to go come back through the Southern, Southern Ocean. And uh, it is 
challenging to say at the very least. And as of right now, I'm not even terribly sure that I'll be on that. <laughs> I'll have to see how I fare going to Rio. Otherwise, I might uh, I might get crew to get that back, and I'll 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 whistle out and just hop on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so let's put it out there that. It will all be fine. Smooth sailing, literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Let's let's see. Hopefully, yeah. But I've done a lot of prep, and um, so safety-wise, we should be okay. But you just, uh, yeah, you never know. It's the ocean. The ocean doesn't. The ocean doesn't play, and it doesn't want you there. So we're going into it with that in mind, and we have tremendous respect and and a healthy amount of fear. Art, let's take it back to the beginning of your music career. So tell us when. Were you invigorated or inspired or what was that first element was like, cool, I want to get into the music industry. I was really starting to be a lawyer and I had, I had all the marks all the, all the way through school. And then in standard nine or 10, I joined a death metal band as a drummer. That's when marijuana was first introduced into the, <laughs> into the, into the scene. Uh, I was a very late bloomer, even though I was from the bluff and, and our slogan is rough and tough and we smoke the stuff. I never touched it before then. So I dabbled for the first time at the end of high school. And I wouldn't say that was directly related to the marks dropping although everyone would would beg to differ or question but i think it was just my my obsession with playing in this band you know and um, everything else didn't what became a little bit less important so i went from and i people don't believe this i had dreadlocks my whole life but I, unfortunately i'm literally highly allergic to thc so i can't i can't smoke even if i wanted to so it was just the the typical high school kind of dabbling that i did that i think everyone has done at some stage and i went straight from straight from a trick and decided to go and study drums um, much to my mother's delight, <laughs> and uh, and but I still didn't know that I was going to be a singer. I was a, I wanted to be a drummer, and I was a drummer, and I had a, I got a degree, and I, I studied it quite intensely. And then it was only in that year that I that I realized that I had a that I could sing. Uh, weirdly, I, I started playing only later that year, and um, started learning a couple of cover songs, and was told that they sound as good as the original. And and yeah, that was a launch pad. Previously to that, did you not realize or had you not sung publicly? Um, no, I, no. I, I, when I was, it was like, I won a talent show competition when I was like 11 or 12. And then this promoter and booker used to book me to, because I used to, I used to impersonate Elvis and Louis Armstrong and, and Nat King Cole pretty, pretty accurately, even at that age. And so I got a couple of weird gigs, like doing cabaret things, opening acts for like just odd things in Durban. It was so, but it was literally like maybe, five or six of those. And then I never thought about singing again until uh, the year after high school. Let's go into the formation of Just Ginger. How did that happen? And why the name? And what does the name mean? We were all playing at the Randberg waterfront. Um, at, at that time, it was quite a big scene. And I was in a, in a duo called Cat Chambers. And Brent was uh, in a band, Brent, Verney and Tux were in a band called Trifunk Era. And they were just cooking the, the cover scene completely. So they would watch me in, my, in their breaks and I would watch them in their breaks. And one day Brent just called me and said, hey, man, you're going you're to be the singer of our band. Because I'd, I'd just written Shallow Waters then and I was, I was playing it live. And he said, yeah, you're going to be the singer. And I was like, okay, cool. You guys rock. Of course, I want to be the singer. And then, of course, we couldn't be Trifunk Era because it was four of us. Uh, so we dropped the try for a while. We were Funk Era for a little while. And then we decided to ask the 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 public to to throw some names in a hat at a couple of shows that we did at Roxy Rhythm Bar. I don't know. I don't know where and how it came about, but it's really, it wasn't the greatest market research in the world. And we're just very, very lucky that it stuck because the spelling was very confusing. When we went to America, J-I-N-G-E-R, the Americans were, welcome, just jinger. And we're like, oh man, no. And then we made the biggest mistake in the world, which was how to lose all our fans. And we we, uh, changed the spelling. So that we could alienate everyone who searched for us ever going forward on SEOs. And um, 
the name just happened. I can't even, there's no real significance. None of us are gingers, no particular affinity to the root. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Your creative process is in uh, writing music and writing a song. What is that process from zero, nothing, to a three to four minute song? Do you find it easy? Is it the same every time? Tell us the musical journey of the song of Just Ginger. Well, it has to start with intent. You have to at least sit down and, and try and do something. But but I'm maybe wrongly so. I, I'm not, I, I don't labor over it. I, don't, I probably should make it a daily chore, but I don't. Uh, I really only write when I'm inspired, which doesn't happen all the time. It takes years. During COVID, I couldn't think of a single thing that I wanted to sing about. I think I wrote that little collab with some of the the views on Facebook and things like that. Um, but I really wasn't inspired. So it's, it's far and few between for me to actually sit down and, and, and do it because it's got to mean something to me, especially my, in my latter years. I think when, you, when you're young and first learn how to play guitar, you write down everything and you think it's a hit. And uh, <laughs> so just now being a little bit more analytical, I guess, uh, it takes me a little while longer to, to just get something out, which is, um, I don't know, neither good nor bad. It's just where I'm at at the moment. And then do you write with the band or is it yourself writing music and songs solely? Yeah, I wrote, I wrote the majority of the songs. And it's that first album, Brent had written quite a few and then he collabed with me on a couple. But kind of from then onwards, we just went through my catalog. So, and, um, you know, I've been doing solo stuff from since 2011, 2012. And a lot of the times it starts with just words that I have or I could have a melody that sits around forever. And then one day I just go, OK, this thing has to come out now. Yeah, as I say, it's, I, I try not to force it. Uh, I used to claim that I, I don't get writer's block because I just I don't try and write and then get blocked. But that's it. If I don't write for a while, that's actually taking me writer's block as well. But it's not block. It's just laziness. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's the 25th anniversary of Shallow Waters. And you brought a whole bunch of your friends onto that track yeah. to re-release it. How did you decide who to include? Um, it just I was just going to get one or two people maximum. So my initial go-to people, because Arno stays down the road and Ross, whenever he's in town, we, you know, we're dear friends. I'm dear friends with everyone, but I was just like, oh, but this thing's growing into a monster. And it was one of those days that I had some nice clarity and I, I could see them coming in in the different places and and you know at the different timings and things like that and then i just cold called them i was like hey corin are you, are you around you want to come sing on shallow waters and the the response was beautiful it was overwhelmingly yes and positive and uh they all came and sat in this very studio that i'm in right now uh, in front of me on my grandfather's red chair which i have photographs of all of it of all of them singing uh on that same mic and they just came in one by one but the whole thing took like a year you know and, oh well. Um, yeah, it took a long time. Like, as I say, <laughs> I don't know which, which, what the gray line is between laziness and also just letting, you know, letting things unfold as they should. You know, that's it. We've got tremendously busy lives, all of us. And um, it's hard to sometimes put all this to bed. And I'm glad that it took the time because every character came in at the, at the right time. If I had wrapped it earlier on, I would have only had a few artists on. And then yeah. eventually I was like, we cannot get another artist on this song. <laughs> like, there's not, there's not enough space and time in the music. Performing live. Tell us the experience about that what you enjoy why you keep coming why the stage keeps calling you back um well money for one you know we, just, <laughs> we get paid pretty well and the boys we still have fun you know just in just 27 years now uh, i believe uh, in existence and we always said as long as we're having fun we'll do it and we've never had a contract between us we've never had anything that's just been a verbal like are we having fun should you do it and what's happening because of that and because everyone's created their own lives you know outside of just ginger when we do get together the intensity is gone the pressure's off and uh, we just seem to slide into a, a whole new groove and uh, we just jam the shit out of it when we when we do now and uh, and we feels like it's getting better on some levels i think just the relaxedness and there's also a bit of a fuck you attitude as well now it's like ah oh, you know we are what we are we're doing what we do there's no more like politeness on stage 
Yeah. We're not rude. It's just a self-confidence thing, you know? And it's just, so we've got, a, we actually got a bit more swagger these days, which is quite cool. So besides performing live, is it mainly yourself now with releasing music? Is it releasing solo stuff or is it still going to be moving forward the band? Uh, Ginger hasn't, hasn't made many plans to, to record. Um, I don't know why. Also, you know, we are geographically separated. Uh, they're all in Johannesburg and I'm here. So it's hard, you know, for, uh, I either have to fly up or they have to come down. It's not like living in the same town. You go, hey, let's jam. So it now becomes, especially with family lives and producing lives and all the lives we have now you're like you know it's you have to make a concerted effort so the answer to that is that the window is not closed we will but it'll take it will take effort from all of our sides to get it done and i hope so and i'm open to it when and how and you know if our health stays and you know we, we're now <laughs> we're at the age where every decade becomes a gift you know and without laziness <laughs> Try and get rid of the laziness. Although I can't be pointed out for laziness since last year and what I've achieved with, you know, with what I've done while I've been trying to get a damn boat across the Atlantic. It's just, uh, it's just an application. I think maybe once this itch is scratched, I think I'll come back with a renewed vigor. I'm, I'm getting pretty tired of social media and, you know, it's so hard because you do something cool and, and you have to self-promote as an artist. You, know, you are, the, you know, that's your biggest thing. And like, then there's TikTok and then there's, I'm like, oh. I yeah, I feel like I really don't, you know. And you never got a, and then you get a PR company, and then, but then there's so much you got to do for all of them, and and that's not laziness. It's also just like how how much of my life do I want to actually live consciously, or you know, am I just continuously self promoting? And I see people using their platforms to self promote, which I do, and which we should. But also, just want to go every now and then. I just want to take a picture of a squirrel, you know, and let people know this is also who I've got in my garden that morning. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm not. I'm, it's not all about bloody self promotion because life is very short. It's all going to end sooner than we know, and we got it. You know, so I'm all. I'm all. I'm in the appreciation phase. You know, I'm in the cherish the moment. Yeah. You know, seize the moment phase, which is why I'm doing such an audacious project. Uh, you know, because I don't know when I'm going to be able to have the health that I'm in uh, and be as fit as I am which is not super fit, but I'm just healthy and you know, I'm good. I don't know when I'm going to do it. And I could have more money in the bank and I could be more calculated, but I might have a gammy leg or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, I'm focusing on that now. But I am taking um, all my gear on the boat and hopefully, hopefully it doesn't get wet in the first two days and all fry up. So anything that survives the first couple of days of that trip, which is pretty gnarly, uh, I'll have it in flight cases and things like that. So it should be okay. But I will. the idea is to record along the way. There will be time and there'll be no no signal and no one will be buzzing me and yeah. beeping and yeah. which I, I I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to is just switching off entirely. And then uh, you know, I'll have a body of work because what I do do well in between my laziness, when I am left to my own devices and I'm not distracted by social media and I actually end up writing. That's what I do. I am a writer and and it's a it's a little gift that I've only recently really come to appreciate and acknowledge and uh, so when i you know when i get given some space and time I, that's what i tend to naturally gravitate to so i'm hoping that i will have uh, a nice you know uh, just a hopefully just a, a good couple of songs that were inspired and you can hear the ocean in the background i think it'll be pretty rad this itch you're talking about of scratching this cape to rio epic you know what was it about that that you wanted to do why that specifically and not say for example the comrades or just go bungee jumping or well, <laughs> what was it about the cape to rio that was calling you well i bought a boat two months before the pandemic which yes is, i mean 
bad idea to ever buy a boat ever in the first place. And then uh, it's an even worse idea to buy it just before a global shutdown. So I've spent three years working on this thing. And I just, in the middle of this year, I was like, well, how, like, am I ever going to, are we ever going to leave and do something? Or we're we just going to sit around Cape Town and charter and work and charter and build and fix and fix and build and fix. And uh, so this was a kick, just a, just a kickstart for me, so especially to have a target, which I haven't had for a long time, you know, being a free agent and my own boss, it's like, I, I, I do call the shots, but they've become quite repetitive, you know, like you'd work the whole year, then there's corporate season, then there's New Year's, and then there's these and these tours, which I'm grateful for, for on it, you know, so forgive how I may sound about all that. I'm incredibly grateful. I, I, live the, I live the most charmed life that you will ever meet, but I just want a bit of a change. That's all. I just want to change. You know, I want, want to go and see the world before it collapses. You know, not that I'm a fatalist in that regard. I, I just feel that I need to do it. And also I've entered it. I have to fucking do this thing now. I can't, I can't not. I haven't booked any gigs for January, February, so I may as well go sailing. And when you finish, are you going to sell the boat or keep the boat? I don't know. I haven't decided. I'm just going to see how I feel when, once I get to Rio, spend a couple of weeks on the islands, take a couple of deep breaths and uh, yeah, probably get her back here on, the, on that Southern Ocean and take it from there. I think if we come back with that little accolade, I think it will also change the, the dynamic of that boat as well. We had some cool sponsors last minute, but you know, a lot of corporates are and understandably is like they need to see results before, you know, not a lot of people invest in ideas alone. So when we come back victorious, you know, it'll it'll put the boat into a different kind of playing field for me, and it, and it can maybe make it a little bit more secondary than it is at the moment, because at the moment it is all encompassing. You mentioned social media and the disconnection around that, and we spoke a little bit earlier about performing live. Now, I love standing right up in front, and I'm there doing my thing. I do do a little bit of posting now for Celeb Savant, as we know, but I find that a lot of people around me, especially near the front have their phones up the whole time trying to get the perfect video, the perfect uh, shot, the perfect whatever they're trying to get. For you as the receiving end of seeing a whole bunch of phones in front of your face compared to just the people being in the moment, does that frustrate you or have you just accepted it as it is now? I'd pay little attention to that. It's just, um, it's just human nature. We all do it. People don't realize that you can't live in the present if you've got a phone stuck to the end of your hand because how many people go home and watch what they recorded? So yep. just watch what you're seeing in the moment. Um, yep. So that doesn't bug me in the slightest because I am also just a big believer of human nature and you just, you just sit back and go, shit, this is, this is the shit that we're in at the moment. <laughs> we, we're all guilty. We all do it. We've all done it. So there's no judgment and uh, you know, however people choose to receive an experience is up to this to unpack maybe later on in life when they go shit i was i was there but i don't remember seeing the guys because i saw them through the camera you know? i saw through a phone screen when he was yeah. so close to me <laughs> you, should have just, you should have just logged into a live stream they would have been the same thing now i'm going to put you on the spot i love playing this game but the recipients generally do not now if i had to ask you this question in two minutes two hours 20 days whenever next i know your answers would be different each time but in this specific moment, your top five go-to songs by other artists. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. I, my, my house is eerily quiet. Like I don't, I don't listen to music much. Okay. So Denim Harding, my bass guitarist, is my sole source of new cool, cool music. I have so much shit going through my head that I don't, I just don't choose to get on and, and make a noise around my, my life. Okay. You know? So um, if there were top five artists that didn't, inspired you okay definitely rodriguez and people would know that cat stevens stevie wonder led zeppelin she's man yeah just like a, a bunch a bunch of the i mean i'm definitely a hendrix fan and you know watching that growing up you're like what the freak is going on over there but and there's just so many cool modern bands that's also just a state that we're in there are so many that none of them are that iconic you know there are, there are so many that are worth mentioning and are great but none that i swear by 
you know, I loved Louis Armstrong, Nick, Nick and Cole, Elvis. I love, I love all the crooners. Yes. Uh, Frank Sinatra. I dig the big band stuff. I, so I wouldn't say there's there's any uh, or any like five in particular of modern. Yeah. So th- th- those basics that I that I shared with you are, would, would kind of be the the bread and butter for me. Well, that's I mean more than five. So that's perfectly awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, no, I, that's I, okay. An overachiever. Art. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is listened to throughout the world. As a final mm-hmm. message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? Final message to the listeners from, from my side is just thanks for the years of support. It's been amazing. Um, I, as I said, I've lived such a charmed life. It's enchanted to say the least. And so I, I'm eternally grateful. You know, I, that's all I've done since I've left school. And um, so I, I am the luckiest guy that you'll have. So what I will tell everyone is South Africa is beautiful. Be grateful for where you're at. Appreciate every moment that you have. Appreciate time with your, your, your family. My mom's turning 18 February and she's sprightly and running around the place. I'm going to take on the biggest holiday uh, when I, after I get to Rio. And, you know, these little things, just cherish it. Learn to forgive. Forgive quickly. Say sorry quickly and be as kind as you can and um, carry on supporting live music. Art, thank you for your time. So this is Lips Event signing out.